Welcome to this week's sermon from Heights Worship Center. We believe God has something for you today. We hope this message encourages and inspires you. Father, we thank you for your word today. I know that you are showing people different things and speaking to us on a very personal, individual level because that's the kind of God you are. You're not just God of nations, you're God of individuals. You're not just God of all history, you're the God of each story in our life. And Lord, we thank you that you love us so much. You made a way for us to be your sons and daughters as we talked about last Sunday. We are a part of your family, your body, your temple. As we get into the truth of water baptism today, I ask Holy Spirit that you would give us understanding. Open our eyes so that we can hear what you're speaking to the church today. In Jesus' name, amen. So this week in our Bible engagement, we were talking about water baptism. And uh, I'm going to talk to you today about being dead and alive. You know the, the song, Dead or Alive? Well, today we're going to talk about being dead and alive. All right, let's go to Matthew 28, the Great Commission. Jesus said, I have been given all authority. How much authority? So is there anyone who has more authority than Jesus? Is there any government that has more authority than Jesus? Is there any kingdom that has more authority than Jesus? Is there any influencer that has more authority than Jesus? Is there any bank account that has more authority than Jesus? Who's got all the authority? Amen, you're good. I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, everybody say therefore. Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So water baptism was something that we read about with John the Baptist. It was a repentance of sins. It was acknowledging, I have been sinning against God. I'm repenting of my sins and I'm choosing to turn back to God to serve him wholeheartedly. And even Jesus himself was baptized, even though Jesus had no sin. So even though water baptism was symbolic of, at the time of a repentance of sin, a turning towards God, Jesus modeled for us the importance of being baptized in water even though Jesus had no sin. And it was when he came up out of the water that the voice of God, the Father, spoke and said, This is my Son in whom I take great joy. Right? And so even Jesus modeled that for us. And then he commanded his disciples, and it's been happening for 2,000 years since, baptize. Go and make disciples and baptize them. This is why we still do water baptism today. Not because it's a church religious thing, but because it's a commandment of Jesus Christ. It's not just a, a religious custom or a show. It is a one-time event where a new believer who chooses to follow Jesus Christ makes a public declaration that now I no longer live for myself, I no longer live according to the world, but now I am choosing to die to myself, die to this life, and then come to life in Christ. Now I'm living for Christ. So I'm dead to myself and I'm alive in Christ. Everybody say, dead and alive. See, water baptism... It encompasses the whole central theme of the gospel. Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. And he's not dead anymore if you, if you, if you didn't catch that part. He ain't dead anymore. All the other ones are dead. 
but Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive, and this is so important that we understand the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is what we really symbolize in water baptism. One of the important things that you need to understand is that you can go to heaven, you are saved, even if you are not baptized in water yet. Okay? Water baptism is not key for salvation. What does the Bible say? You are saved by faith. Right? But water baptism is the next part of demonstrating your faith in Christ. So today, we're going to be in Romans chapter 6. Now, usually I put the scripture on the iPad because it's bigger and I can read it easier. But we're gonna, I'm going to go old school in my Bible. We're going to be Romans 6. Now, if you can be disciplined enough to open your Bible app on your phone and not get distracted by notifications, social media, football scores, they can all wait. Go to Romans chapters. If you can't, it's okay. It's going to be up there for you. All right. I think I need my glasses. Brother Ed, can you bring me my purse? <laughs> I forgot my glasses, y'all. <laughs> you know, hallelujah for the stage of life that Jesus faithfully sees us in every year. Amen. Now I'm in that stage of needing to wear my glasses. Oh, no, did I not bring them? I might need Melanie's glasses. She always blesses me with her glasses. Oh, no, here they are. All right, thank you. All right, Romans chapter 6. All right, buckle in, guys. We're going to get there. Now I feel like my uh, junior high English teacher. Here we go. Well, then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Come on, read verse 2. Of course not. Okay. Now, you have to understand why Paul is posing this question. Because he has spent the first five chapters of Romans explaining that we humans have a sin problem. We are born into sin, and we sin. And he's explaining that the answer is Jesus. That there's no amount of sin that the grace of God won't forgive. That there's no pattern of sin that is too big, too hard, too much... For the grace of God to set you free from and to forgive you of. And because if it says if grace abound, if sin abounds, grace abounds more, Paul's like, then you might think I'm saying sin. Because the more you sin, the more God's grace. So we might as well sin because we get more grace. And come on, I've heard some of my own brothers and sisters in the faith say, it's okay, I'll just ask God for forgiveness. Well, according to Paul, that's not okay. When you do something you know is wrong, it's okay. I'll just ask God to forgive me. You're missing the point of grace. So he says, verse 1, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more grace? Verse 2, again, of course not. Of course not. It goes on to say this. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Okay, I'm going to try to teach you something today that maybe some of you have never considered, that maybe some of you don't even know if it's true, but I'm here to tell you it's true. And verse 2 kind of puts it together for us. What does it say, verse 2? It says that, yeah, of course not. <laughs> Since we have died to sin, so what have we died to? Sin. Since we have died to sin, that means I am now dead to sin. Before Jesus, I lived in sin. 
Sin's all I knew. Sin's my identity. Sin's my MO. Sin's who I am. But now because of Christ, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And now sin is also dead. So sin has died. And what does it say? We have died to sin. So how can we continue to live in it? In other words, when you and I put our faith in Jesus Christ, there is a expectation that the grace of God will empower you to sin less. Do you know that you don't have to sin? Do you know that as you mature in Christ, you should be sinning less and less? Do you know that you don't have to just because? I've always been this way. True, but now you got Jesus and you don't have to sin anymore. Why? Because I'm dead to sin. So why would I live in it anymore? Just because you have filth in your life doesn't mean you need to bathe in the filth. That's what it's saying. That's filth. You're dead to it. Why roll around in it like a pig? You've been clean, washed, forgiven. You're dead to sin. Don't live in it anymore. Verse 3. Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live what? New lives. So water baptism, when you are immersed in water, it's symbolic of dying to sin and you're going into the grave. Just like Jesus died on the cross for sin, then he was laid in the grave, but he didn't stay in the grave. That's why we don't keep you underwater and drown you. We bring you back up. And it's symbolic that you are now living a new life, free from sin, Raised back to life in Christ Jesus. That's why we are both dead and alive. In Christ, I have now died to myself. I've died to sin. I've died to the old way of living. I've died to the world's value system. And now I am alive in Christ. I live for Christ. I learn his ways. I'm no longer a prisoner of my sinful desires. I am now free to learn a new way to live. Well, this is good. It's better than you're acting. Verse 5, since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. For we know, verse 6, that our old sinful selves were what? Crucified with Christ. Oh, this is so good. Get this next one. So that sin might lose its power in our lives, we are no longer slaves to sin. Come on, give God some praise in the house. We are no longer slaves to sin. When Christ died on the cross and you received that salvation through faith, guess what? Sin has lost its power over your life. Whew. And I'm no longer a slave to sin. I'm not a slave. Well, I can't help it. This is how I was born to be. This is my truth. This is what I'm... Ex no. You are no longer bound by sin. You are free in Christ. You are not a slave to sin. Tell your neighbor, you've been freed. Whoo. And that's what verse 7 says. Look at it. For when we died with Christ, we were 
set free from the power of sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. You need to understand this. Jesus is not calling for fanboys and fangirls. He's calling for followers. And if you want to follow him, you must deny yourself. You must pick up your cross. Yeah. <laughs> that just felt like perfect timing right there. Little celebration music over that. Because here's the truth. For too long, we think we could just keep Christianity into a Sunday morning thing. God, I want your blessings. God, I need your help. But only on my terms and my time. I want to do what I want to do, but yeah, could you help me out occasionally? I'm telling you, that's not the kind of Christian God's calling us to be. All in. That's why you get immersed all in the water. That's why we put you all in. Because this is not a half-hearted, one foot in the tub, one foot out the tub, baptize half me. But we want to live like we're baptized half. Nah, you got to be all in. Jesus is not just looking for fan clubs. He's looking for followers. And I'm telling you that we need to make a decision that I will not just be a believer of Jesus. I will be a follower of Jesus and I will die to my old self and I will live in Christ. Because I'm free from the power of sin. Tell your neighbor, you are free from the power of sin. Some of you need to put your hand on your heart and say, God, I believe that I am free from the power of sin. Whoo. Whoo. Come on. You're free from the power of sin. Because the enemy will come and tell you, well, it's too hard. It's impossible. There's no way you can change. I mean, look at your family. That's just how it is. No, you are free from the power of sin. You are free from the power of sin. Let's keep reading verse 8. And since we died with Christ, remember water baptism, we died with Christ. What does it say? We will also live with him, dead and alive. <laughs> I died with Christ, but now I am also alive with Christ. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. The one that we serve, he died once and he lives forever. He has all authority. He will never die again. His reign will extend from eternity to eternity. That's who we serve. That's who our God is. And that's the same power we have in us. Oh, that's good. Verse 10, when he died, he died once. Everybody say once. He died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. Verse 11, this is one I want you to pay attention to. Highlight, if you're in your Bible app, highlight it. If you got your Bible, highlight it. So you should also consider yourself to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. So you should consider yourself, think of yourself, identify yourself this way. Not just a sinner saved by grace, but no longer a sinner 
because of the grace of Jesus Christ. That's a Holy Spirit because it's not in my notes. I'm going to say it again. We should no longer consider ourselves sinners saved by grace, but sinners no more because of grace. See, part of the reason why I believe so many of us Christians struggle in, in certain areas uh, of sin or addiction or problems in our lives is because we have somehow bought into the lie that this, that this is too much for me. I can't do it. And God, I've prayed and I've prayed and I've asked and I've asked and nothing's changed. And so I'm just going to surrender to that. And then we've somehow bought into a lie that, well, it's okay because God will forgive us. And he does. That's not a lie. That's the truth. But the lie is that because God will forgive me and because God will give me grace, I can stay in this sin. But the truth is you're free from sin. You're free from the power of sin. So the Bible says, consider yourself free. Consider yourself to be dead to the power of sin. That means you're free from sin's power. That means sin has no power over you. Come on, say that. Sin has no power over me. Oh, but Don, you don't know what I've been doing for so long. Sin has no power over you. But Don, you don't know about the generational strongholds. Sin has no power over you and your family. But Don, you don't know what's happened to me. Sin has no power over you. Even when people have sinned against you that have opened up doors, Jesus comes and he can set you free. This is not just what the fact that I'm dead to sin, but now the sin that's been done to me, there is provision for healing, wholeness, and freedom. Consider yourself to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Jesus Christ. Dead and alive. Dead and alive. Dead and alive. I'm going to read this in the Passion Translation. Chapter 6, verse 11. It says, so let it be the same way with you. Since you are now joined with Christ, you must Continually view yourself as what? Dead and unresponsive to sin's appeal. Oh, I like that. I like that. Consider yourself dead and unresponsive to the appeal of sin. That means temptations, I don't have to give in. I know some of you are like, Are you sure about this? It's in the Bible. It's not me. Don, you're getting a little radical. No, I think the Holy Spirit wants us to begin to understand truth that sets us free. This is good. Oh, verse 11. You must continually view yourselves as dead and unresponsive to sin's appeal. While what? Living daily for God's pleasure. How? In union with Christ Jesus. So what's the key to living without sin? Jesus Christ. Now, let me put it to you this way. Jesus Christ was sinless. True? Right? Had to be or he couldn't be our savior. So if Jesus is sinless and you and I are called to become like Jesus, then the truth is you and I can learn to be sinless. I've been chewing on this for a couple of months, so I, I got a little head start on you. And even when the Lord said, now's the time to bring this word, I was like, you better help me, Holy Spirit. 
So let's go back to the New Living Translation. I want you to read it out loud. Verse 11. So you should also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Let's keep reading verse 12. So do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body, eyes, ears, mouth, hands, body, toes. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Oh, look at verse 14. Sin is no longer your master. By the way, Jesus is. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Wow. Now, it says don't give in to sin. Don't give in to des sinful desires. Don't use your body for sin. So if the Bible says not to, that means you have the power to obey. You know, I used to struggle with the, the scripture where Jesus said, be perfect as my Father in heaven is perfect. Peter echoes those words in 1 Peter chapter 1 when he's calling the church to be alert, awake, self-controlled, to live holy lives. He said, remember, Jesus said to be holy as I am holy. Do you know what holy is? We talk about it in Good News Club. Holy is, we talk about, go ahead, tell me, Patty. Perfect, without sin. We're teaching our kids that in our elementary schools. God is holy. He's without sin, but we are not, right? So if God says, be holy, perfect, without sin, as I am holy, I used to go, how is that impossible? Like, I know me. <laughs> you know you. You know what goes through your mind. You know what you do. You know what you don't do. <laughs> and I used to say, God, Jesus, why would you say, be holy as I'm holy? Don't you know that's impossible? And I would say, I mean, I guess that's just grace. Like, we'll be holy when we get to heaven, right? So maybe that's what you mean. And because I couldn't take my life experience and match it to the scripture, I limited the truth of God's word to my experience. We do that. Do you know that? When we try to make God's word fit our experience, we limit the power of God's word to our experience. So because I'm not seeing that I'm living without sin, then that scripture can't be true. What? Am I calling God a liar? In essence, yes. And a lot of us don't fully understand the truth of what Paul is trying to teach us here. So Jesus said, be perfect, be holy, be without sin as I am. How? It's telling us right here because we consider ourselves dead to sin and alive in Christ. We are no longer mastered by sin and sinful desires. We have a new master. His name's Jesus Christ. 
It ain't in here, but in Ephesians chapter 1, it says the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in you. Chapter 1, verse 20. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is working in you. So if Jesus said, be perfect, be holy as I am, then that means there is provision for us to become what he called us to be. And you know what happens when we miss the mark? Tell your neighbor, thank God for grace. But there is power in grace. Look at this. You can't miss this verse. Look at this verse, verse 14. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. The freedom of God's grace. God's grace sets us free from wanting to sin. See, grace is not just the forgiveness of sin. That's actually mercy. Mercy is the forgiveness of sins. Grace is the power of God to do what we couldn't do otherwise. Choose not to sin. Are you getting this? I feel like I want to sit you all up and put you right here in the middle. So you're all spread like a big U. I'm going to come down. May I get the camera people working? I'm going to come down in your midst, I think. I know this is a lot. And this is going to be one of those things where you're going to have to go home and chew on it a little bit. Read Romans 6 again this week in your own quiet time in a couple of different translations. Do not let... Sin control the way you live. Do not give into sinful desires. Do not let your body be an instrument of evil. What is that saying? You can choose. And what empowers us to choose? Grace. Christ. But now we have a new life. So we use our body not as an instrument for an evil, but instrument for right to do what glorifies God. So instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Verse 15. Well then, since God's grace has set us free? Does that mean we can go on sinning? Read it. Of course not. So the freedom of God's grace is not freedom to sin. <laughs> it's freedom from sin. Oh, God's grace is freedom not to sin. The grace of God. Some of us are not living in the fullness of the grace of God. The power of the grace of God. Because we're not bringing it into our reality. And letting the grace of God do a work in us. To where we choose to say no more to sin. And yes to Jesus Christ. Let's keep reading. Verse 16. This is so powerful. Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? Or whatever you choose to give your time to. Do you know you become a slave to football if that's all you spend your time looking at? Do you know you become a slave to your video game if you spend a lot of time on your video games? Do you know that you become a slave to social media if you give a lot of your attention to social media? Do you know that you can become a slave to money if all you think about is how you're going to make money and how you're going to build your wealth and how you're going to have... What about my stocks and my 501... Oh, that's a 501c3 corporation. My 401k... Whatever we give our time and attention to, whatever we pursue, we become a slave of. We become a slave. It's not just addictions to pills or alcohol or sex or pornography. You can become addicted to the pursuit of wealth. You can become addicted to your social media. You can become addicted to entertainment. Whatever we give our time and attention to, we become a slave of it. And that's why it's so important that you spend time with Jesus. That's why it's so important that every day you make a habit to hear from God, to read the word. Because the more you do that, the less the other things have a hold on you. 
It's not necessarily that some of those things are bad, but they can get out of balance in our lives. And when they become more important than paying attention to church, when they become more important than going to church, when they become more important than reading our Bible, then we got a problem. I love you. (laughs) Verse 16, don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to what? Death. Or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Whatever you pursue, you will become. Pursue Jesus, become like him. Verse 17, thank God. Thank God for once you were slaves of sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given you. And now you are free from your slavery to sin and you have become slaves to what? Righteous living. This is an analogy, guys, <laughs> a metaphor. Who controls your life, the Holy Spirit or sin? How do I know that? Because we know in Galatians chapter 5 what the deeds of the sinful nature are. When I am ruled by my sinful nature, when I don't understand that I'm free from sin, the power of sin, I don't have to sin. I wrote in my Bible right here, I don't have to sin. I don't have to sin. Some of you, that's all you need to go home with today. I don't have to. I don't have to sin. Wait a minute. I don't, I don't have to sin. What? Really? I thought I was stuck. I'm going to be a sinner my whole life. But the grace of God. No. You don't have to because you're free from sin. You're free from the power of sin. I don't have to sin. I put that there so I can remind myself. You need to remind yourself. So Galatians 5, 19 through 21, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are what? Very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Why? Because we've been set free from sin. We don't have to keep doing what we've always done. We are free from the power of sin. I don't have to sin. And the things I used to do, I no longer do because Christ lives in me. Oh, that's good. Keep reading verse 22. But the Holy Spirit... Produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and (laughs) self-control. There is no law against these things. For those who belong to Christ Jesus have what? Nailed their passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. So when we talk about water baptism, I am dying to my sinful nature, my old man. And now I'm alive in Christ. Look, I'm going to take you to 1 John chapter 3, 4 through 9. We're going to go back to Romans 6 if there's time. If not, you can read the rest on your own. 1 John 3, 4 through 9. Everyone who sins is breaking God's law for all sin 
is contrary to the law of God. And you know that Jesus came to take away our sins, and there is no sin in him. Okay, read. Anyone who continues to live in him will not sin. Have you ever paid attention to this verse before? (laughs) Anyone who lives in him will what? Not sin. But anyone who keeps on sinning, what? Does not know him or understand who he is. So what's the answer to when I find myself in sin? Jesus. Not just forgiveness, but spending time with him, getting to know him, understanding him, his heart, his ways, his nature. The more I draw into Jesus, the more I come to Jesus, the more I will experience freedom from sin. This verse should blow your mind because anyone who continues to live in Christ will not sin. Keep reading. Dear children, do not let anyone deceive you about this. When people do what is right, It shows that they are righteous even as Christ is righteous. But when people keep on sinning, it shows that they belong to the devil who has been sinning since the beginning. But the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. Yeah. And those who have been born into God's family do not make a practice of sinning. Why? Because God's life is in them. So they can't keep on sinning because they are children of God. Can I tell you, Jesus has something better for you. The lie of sin is that we're missing out. The lie of sin is that somehow God's holding back on us. Go to the Garden of Eden. Isn't that what the serpent told Eve? Did God really say? Come on. Actually, God knows that if you eat it, you'll be like him. He's holding out on you. Look at that fruit. Doesn't it look yummy? Doesn't that look good? Don't you want it? His tactics haven't changed, y'all. Ooh, doesn't that look good? Don't you want it? Don't you? Don't listen to God. He's holding out on you. He doesn't want you to have fun. He's mean. The devil uses the same tactics. But Jesus has something better for you. Freedom from sin. Freedom from the bondage of sin. Freedom from the pattern of sin. Jesus died to set us free from sin. And in order for us to do that, we must live in Christ, know Christ, understand him better so we become like him who is without sin. So that guess what? You and I can be holy as he is holy. I'm looking at that verse in a very different way now. That we can be holy as he is holy. Let's go back to Romans 6. We're going to finish up. Verse 19. Because of the weakness of your human nature, I am using the illustration of slavery to help you understand all this. Previously, you let yourselves be slaves to impurity and lawlessness which led ever deeper into sin. Everybody say now. Now you must give yourselves to be slaves to righteous living so that what? You will become. We can become holy as Jesus is holy. Wow. 
Come on, say that. I can be holy <laughs> as Christ is holy. Because the Bible tells me so. <laughs> the Bible tells me so. Verse 20, when you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. What was the result? You are now ashamed of the things you used to do, things that end in eternal doom. But now, it's another favorite two words of mine, but now. But now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves to God. Say now. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Come on, worship team. You have to understand what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and me today. He's telling us that you are not your sin. Hello, everybody look at me. Woo. You are not your sin. You are not your temptation. You don't have to sin. You can say no to sin. You are free from sin's power. It is no longer you who live, but Christ who lives in you. We are dead to sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. We must consider ourselves dead and alive. Everybody say dead and alive. We must consider ourselves dead to sin and alive in Christ. I want us to sing the chorus of thank you for the blood. Yeah. And I want you to think about what I've tried to explain to you today. Hopefully you get it. Holy Spirit, help us to get the truth because this truth will set us free. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. For those who are in Christ, don't make a pattern, a habit of staying in sin. We learn how to overcome sin. Now, can I tell you, the Bible is very clear that we will still mess up. But we don't have to mess up as often. I don't have to stay stuck because I've been stuck in this for 20 years. Doesn't mean I have to stay stuck in it any longer. The answer is Christ. The answer is Christ. The answer is Christ. We have been crucified with Christ. His blood covers our sins. We are free from the power of sin. I want you to stand to your feet in this place. I need you to get this today. You are free from sin. You are no longer a sinner saved by grace, but a sinner free from sin because of grace. <laughs> I am free from sin because of God's grace. Wow. Wow. You are free. But maybe today you need to make that decision to say, you know what? I need to be all in. I'm not going to have one foot in the baptismal and one foot out. Not just a little sprinkling on the forehead. I'm all in. Fully immersed. Counting myself dead to sin and alive in Christ. If you want to say, I'm all in, I'm going to follow Jesus. I want you to raise your hand. The Lord sees your hands and your decision to say, I will follow Jesus. I'm going to make a difference way of living. I'm not my sin. I'm not 
bound to sin. I am choosing to live for Christ. Father, we raise our hands because we know that it's only by the blood of Jesus that heals, that saves, that forgives. We thank you for the cross that broke the power of sin and shame. And we receive today the truth that we are free from sin. That we are free because of your grace that empowers us not to sin. We choose today to say we are all in. We choose to live for you, not half-hearted, but whole-hearted. Not offering our bodies as an instrument to sin, but an instrument to righteous living, that which pleases you. We are choosing your way, not our way. God, if you want that, pray this with me. Say, Dear Father, thank you for grace. Thank you for Jesus, who died on the cross for my sins. I receive forgiveness. And I receive new life. I, receive new life. I, believe the truth I believe the truth. That I am free from sin. And that I can become holy as you are holy. I surrender to you. I surrender to you. Holy, Spirit, holy Spirit. Work in me. Work in me that, which pleases God. that which pleases God. In Jesus name. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Visit us in person or online at hwcim.org.